0: Let me just share a few thoughts with you about this particular day Uh, many uh, uh, years ago, approximately, let's say, 2,000 years ago. This was a very significant day that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem with intentionality, he knew what was going on. And I would like to start in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9, just to give you a little bit of context to what happened I know you've heard the story over and over, but you can hear it again and again and again. I always learn something from this story uh, that I think sometimes we become too casual about our salvation and the, the great price that God paid for our salvation. It, it's priceless in that regard. In, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, the, the Scripture reads, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethany at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, "'Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord!' Hosanna in the highest. And what we find here is that the disciples were obedient to do what Jesus told them to do. Seems like a very insignificant assignment that you are to go into this village and uh, tell and loose this coat. Now if anybody says anything to you, this is what you are to say. So Jesus was giving them amazing instructions. And the scripture says that that somebody did ask them, and they immediately released them. He says, this was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. You and I sometimes are clueless. I said we are. Sometimes clueless as to those little seemingly insignificant things that God speaks to our hearts or someone in authority tells us, and we ignore them. If those disciples had not followed Jesus' instructions, then we would not have this story. And the the words of Zechariah the prophet would not have been fulfilled in the exactness that it was fulfilled. Because Zechariah says that Jesus was going to go um, into Jerusalem riding a donkey. Not like a Roman king riding a big black or white stallion, the best uh, in the country. No, he was lowly humble, riding a donkey. God's ways are not our ways. Our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. His are much more significant. I want to encourage you to be whom God called you to be in this present hour. Do not cower down. Don't change. Don't allow the world to speak to you something that God has not spoken. <clears throat> So Jesus went into Jerusalem riding on a a donkey, showing his humility, and the scripture says the people began to cry out, just as the scripture said, "'Hosanna to the Son of David.'" Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But there were other things that happened prior to that day. And I would like to just take you back to uh, John chapter 7 and to show you just some of the things that Jesus went through that you and I go through. I said into the, in the earlier service, uh, a brother in this church, one of our elders said to me uh, something that really encouraged my heart. He said, thank you or you have encouraged me, or something. I said it better in the first service. But he, he, th- he, th- he said, thank you, I, because the way you are preaching is the way the Old Testament prophets preached. He said they were speaking to their generation those things that were going on there. They were preaching to them and helping the people walk through it. I was very encouraged by that statement uh, that he made because I was thinking, God, do I really have to do it again? Do I have to say the some similar things or the same things that I've said before when I see these things happening all around us? And many in the church, many believers don't seem to know what to do. They don't seem to have the answer. Many of them are gravitating to worldly answers and worldly solutions. And here I am crying out. Maybe they're tired of it. And he he really greatly encouraged me by saying, no, this is what the the Old Testament prophets did. And so I, I, I want to thank him in case I don't get to do it later on in my message. You see, Jesus, in John chapter 7, beginning at verse 1, Jesus' uh, uh, brothers did not believe in him. They did not believe in him. Can you imagine those closest to you, those who should be your support, uh, supporting cast or your support system, they don't support you? And you and I might have the same. So then we look at the Scriptures and we see what Jesus did and we take courage because if somebody that you thought, you know, that husband of yours, you thought, he's got my back, and you realize, no, he turned his back. You may have that, that, that good friend that you thought, we're going to be best friends for life, and then you were betrayed. So Jesus went through all kinds of things, and he showed us how to comport ourselves. And so I would like for you, as you look at uh, everything seeming to be crumbling, everything seems to be crumbling in society. Oh, those institutions that we held so dear and sacred and thought they'll be there forever and we're going to bounce back like we always have. And we look around and we say, we're not bouncing too well. So let's look at this story and take coverage from Jesus. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. That was the Jewish leaders. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now the first story I read to you, it was Passover. I mean, this was Passover. This was prior to to Passover. And here he says... His brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Now, this shows you something that his brothers did not believe in him. They said, depart from here and go into Jerusalem that your disciples may see your works. the the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. They attributed something to Jesus that was not a part of him. He was not trying to do something uh, publicly to make some ostentatious display of his power. He did many of his greatest miracles alone and said to people, don't tell anybody about this. He he was not of the same mind that they were of. It, It is said That familiarity breeds contempt, but not with everyone. Only with the the uh, undiscerning. And when I say familiarity, we sometimes take people for granted whom we see every day. We don't think, "Oh, oh, this is a special servant of God. You may have. may have a brother or sister uh, in the church that you are always with, but you just think, oh, they're just an ordinary person. And yes, in many regards, we are ordinary people, but sometimes we have, we're ordinary people, but have an extraordinary assignment from God. Every believer, I believe, has an extraordinary assignment from God. So we're not to just diminish them or disrespect them because they are Always around us, we even underestimate people and or the call of God on their lives. Jesus's brothers, at this point, were more influenced by the world around them than they were about the God in the house with them. We are often like that. We have sometimes no idea. Of those people who are around us who are just very ordinary people, but they have great assignments from God. Can you imagine the, the person who was raising um, a, a female donkey and then she had a colt? It seems like, oh, that's nothing. Just put them out in the field. But no, they were raising a, a colt for Jesus to ride on. Can you imagine that? And by Jesus riding on that colt is fulfilling another seemingly unrelated situation with Zechariah the prophet. How many times when we get to heaven will we see that God had woven a beautiful tapestry with us from some, with somebody that we never saw. We never knew that they were playing a part in our story as we were playing a part in their story. It's important to be obedient to God and follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. I, I know, uh, as I've said to you uh, several times, I'm sure James, one of the brothers of Jesus, Judas was another one, not the Judas who that betrayed him, uh, but was another um, uh, a brother of Jesus. And James was called a nickname, according to some of our historical records, Camel Knees because he prayed all the time. It said James stayed on his knees and prayed. He prayed, he prayed. I'm sure he was saying, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry for my unbelief. I'm so sorry that I was the way I was. You, the very son of God, uncreated life, lived in the house with us all those years, and I was an unbeliever. I'm sure he had deep regrets about that, but God forgave him, and he later became the head of the church. Je- Jesus' brothers, as I said, were more influenced by the world around them than they were about the God in the house with them. Many of us are more influenced ab- ab- uh, about from the world that is around us than we are with the God who lives in our house. We should be influenced by the God who lives in our house. I'm going to ask you not to follow earthly inclinations, but follow the Holy Spirit's direction. Have you ever asked yourself, do I follow the Holy Spirit's directions or do I follow my earthly inclinations? When Jesus, Jesus said something that was very important, and he kept in John chapter 7 talking about, his time had not yet come. And you and I have a destiny. We have a destiny individually and we have a destiny corporately. And that, that individual destiny is that you must fulfill what God placed you here for. And don't be casual about that. But listen to the voice of God. Everybody in these stories played an, an amazing and important part in God's story. I, I want you to see how valuable that is and how powerful that is. Because you and I are now living in a day when the Lord is doing just amazing things. He is doing amazing. Scriptures are being fulfilled. And as I watch the, the things that are going on in the world uh, played out, I ask myself oftentimes, is this the fulfilling of this prophecy or that prophecy because it looks so much like that. And so if I am right about those things, and I don't say, oh, I am no, I'm right about it, but I, it feels like right. the Holy Spirit keeps showing me various patterns. And I said, these things are lining up. So all of us are not to be dismayed by, it. well, I don't know what to believe. I, yes, you do know what to believe because you have the spirit of truth living in you, and you are a pillar and ground of the truth. It's, it's Do you want to be like Jesus's brothers, be more influenced about uh, from the world or about you or around you than you are the God that's in your house? So you and I, you and I have responsibility to the truth. Jesus kept uttering these words, and I'm going to share a few of them, and we're going to say es todo, okay? He said, my time has not yet come. The scripture says in verse 5. John chapter 7, verse 5. For even his brothers did not believe in him. What a sad story. John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So even his creatures did not recognize him. He came to his own or his own people, and his own did not receive him. Can you imagine? See, when Pilate says something to this effect of Jesus, he says, well, you know, uh, am I a Jew? You know, did uh, well? They turned you over to me. You know, maybe he's trying to hurt him. You know, don't don't come at me like this, Jesus. Your own people turned you over to me. So he says he came to his own. His own d- people did not receive him. So Christ marched to a different heartbeat, not a different drumbeat, a different heartbeat, the Father's heart. He he marched to that beat. Of the Father's heart, you and I have the spirit of the Father in us. We have the spirit of God, actually, really—not in some some uh, mysterious uh, mysterious way, but real and actual. The spirit of God lives within our frame. Do we know His heartbeat? That's the question before us. Jesus marched. To his father's heartbeat, his brothers, however, marched to the drumbeat of the world. I find that many believers are marching to the drumbeat of the world. If you do, you're not going to be ready when that assignment comes. When the time for that assignment comes, that thing that God has in your heart that He is waiting to disseminate to the whole world. Verse. Thank you. Let me read a few more of these and then we will will move on. Verse 6 says, then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. And Jesus is saying, was saying to his brothers, because they were listening to the world. So if you're in the world, you can just do what you want to do. He says, but listen, no, my time has not yet come. Because I have to wait on the voice of God. You and I should make no decision except God gives the unction. We should make no decision. Sometimes we say, oh, that's a no-brainer. I know, I know what that means. But, uh, you know, it means it's obvious there to you. But I take no, no-brainers. Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to say in this case? And here John 2, 4 says, Jesus said to his mom, a woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. She said, Jesus, they've run out of wine. Do something. He said, hey, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. What Jesus was doing was waiting on his father to say something. Obviously, God said something because he turned water into wine. Uh, Pastor Stan Mack says he's sure that God said, okay, son, listen to your mama. John 7.30 says, so they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. So notice that about Jesus and you. They can do nothing to you until your hour comes. And when you and I come to die, I want to be like Jesus and I want to be resolute. I want the last week of my life will have been informed by the multiple weeks of my life. And as I have been faithful in those times, I will be faithful in the last week. I want the same for you. Do not be influenced by the world, by the world around you. Be influenced by the God who lives in your house. Amen.